Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm Ellie Herringshaw, your host. Welcome. Hello. I am here in Hawaii, believe it or not, sitting across the table from Dr. Kristen Eliason, my childhood friend and also current friend. <laughs> visiting her. What a relief. Yeah. <laughs> visiting her here at her beautiful home in Oahu. And so fun to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so Thank much. You. Aloha. Aloha. Why don't you just like give a super quick, just your, your general bio, um, yes. in, in case people haven't listened to your previous podcast before. Um, so again, Ellie's good friend since forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that my background and kind of why I'm on this podcast, um, is because I'm a clinical psychologist. So I work at the VA hospital here in Hawaii. Um, my specialty is trauma treatment, specifically sexual trauma. Um, so, you know, being a, a licensed psychologist, I do have to give the disclaimer I give every time yeah. of I am not your therapist. Um, anything I am saying right now is not me telling you what to do, how to live your yep. life. Um, but really, this is just kind of an area that I'm passionate about. And I think yeah. it fits really well with um, the reclaimed movement and totally. what I is doing. So I'm excited to be here and talking. Today. Thank you. Yeah. And you've been so important in my healing journey in just generally giving giving so much framework around mental health and care for our mental health because it is so important. Yeah. And, you know, whether you've gone through something crazy traumatic or something a little bit smaller. Like we all have these things in our lives that affect us and like that, you know, ripple effects of the stuff in our lives. So what we're going to be talking about today is basically like what happens when we go through small T trauma, which is what you've called it, right? Mm -hmm. And how sometimes we feel like we're crazy because there's so much that, so many, so many side effects of those things that we go through. I went through a divorce and and betrayal of my ex-husband and there was so much with that that it was like just like I said ripple effects Mm -hmm. that was so hard and and there were times where I was like I must be going crazy yeah and I think that a lot of people think you know when really crappy things happen like divorce or betrayal or whatever the terrible thing of even like a bad breakup yeah I mean a really really bad breakup I mean really I think of it like wounding in some way there's, I think, some things that, you know, people expect, like, oh, like, you're going to be sad and you're going to have to cope yeah. with that in some way. Um, but then there can sometimes be a lot of other really common things, which maybe are just not spoken about as much, um, as well as I think a lot of folks, too, and we can probably talk about this later, have this expectation for how fast the process should be, mm-hmm. um, kind of comparing themselves and their grief process or their working through process to how fast other people's processes yeah. seem to go. Yeah. And I think that there can be people, you know, on both ends of the spectrum thinking, oh, you heal so fast. And then others who might think the process is so slow. It's like, oh, like you're not dating yet or you're oh, not right. married yet yeah. or you're not doing X, Y, or yeah. Z yet. Um, which again, or I like think, you're still affected by it or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that still bothers you that this really traumatic thing yeah. happened. Um, which I think goes to show people's discomfort with people being in pain, hmm. um, as well as the expectation that pain and recovery from pain should be in this very linear way. Or just, and it is so not. It never is. It's, it's never so linear. not. What are some What are some common things when people go through traumatic events? Yes. So there's really kind of a whole host of things. I think that some of the really kind of common reactions 
Um, again, some of these are maybe talked about more than others. I, I think a common one that is recognized is that oftentimes it has an effect on your mood as well as on your thoughts. Hmm. Meaning that the way that your mood was perhaps before is going to be different. So if you were, you know, generally a cheerful person before or optimistic and then this really crappy thing happens, it makes sense that like you would feel sad or perhaps even like depressed. Yeah. And that's, I think, the expectation that most people have for when bad things happen. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, this is going to affect my feelings. Yeah. And everyone thinks like that is, you know, like normal, typical. Yeah. Um, the slightly less recognized one is that it's also going to have an effect on your thoughts too. Hmm. So say that maybe before, I mean, like if we use the example of divorce, say before the divorce, you generally had positive feelings towards relationships. Like most people can be trusted. Mm -hmm. Or if a person says this thing, I know that I can believe him or her. Yeah. Suddenly the betrayal happens, the lies happen or whatever the issue is. And then the thoughts change. Yeah. And thoughts changing is not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. Cause I think that if our thought beforehand was something like everyone can be trusted yeah, like kind of Pollyanna. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, frankly, a lot of people do have thoughts mm-hmm. like that if they came from a relational background that was, you know, like more stable. It's like yeah. a good family yeah. system. Or another common one could be, you know, like bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. So kind of yep. like that just world. Then crappy things happen. And so then you're faced with the choice of either I change my thought about myself hmm. or like I, I change must be bad now. Or I change my thought about about the world oh, or wow. about the circumstance. Yeah, totally. um, so sometimes we can, you know, jump to the other extreme and say, Oh, like now no one can be trusted right. and change our thought that way, which is basically just as problematic as everyone can be trusted. <laughs> or or will, you know, as as you kind of said, change our thought about ourselves. Yeah. So, well, this crappy thing happened, and so that must mean something about, about yeah. me. Yeah. So I, I discovered my ex-husband's affair, and I was a wedding photographer for yeah. seven years. <laughs> and, and so, and Brutal. I had... It was. It was, because I had a bunch of weddings scheduled for the, the next year. I mean, like, I think it was like a week and a half after I discovered the affair, I had a client meeting. That, so I, that I had to met and, and meet them and, and try to get their business. And at that point, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I better mm-hmm. try to – I wasn't going to cancel or say that I wasn't going to do their wedding. And, like, just an example of, like, those thought patterns. I went to weddings. You, I used to just be, like, so excited for the couples, so open. And, like – and then the, the, the second that I discovered his affair, it was, like – I just, I had suspicion, like all, all, yeah. everywhere. I was like, oh, are you being dishonest? Oh, sir, are you, like, do you mean your vows? Like, I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. I was just sitting there, like, with this cynical eye, and I hated it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, it's like I couldn't stop doing it. Yeah. It was really weird. It feels compulsive. Yeah, it really did. And it feels compulsive because, again, you had a thought, which we could probably whittle down and, and identify what that thought was. Yeah. And the thought was linked to a desire to keep yourself safe as well as perhaps other people safe too. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and what I, I do now, <laughs> what I do now with my friends' relationships that are like dating and stuff, and I love asking them hard, the hard questions like, mm-hmm. hey, are, I mean, I don't want to like be too pushy. But, <laughs> but sometimes you probably but I, are but and that's I fine. I kind of am a little bit because like, 
I mean, and I've joked about being a cautionary tale to people, but like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to use myself in a, as an example and be like, Hey, have you talked about this? Like yeah. push that a little bit, like talk about, have you been unfaithful? Like, you know, or mm-hmm. are you addicted to porn? Like talk about those things yeah. and really, really dive into them because I took things at, at face value Yeah, and I didn't really dig. And so that's something that I can look back on and be like, Oh, that was something that in, in my, in my experience that I could have done better. And so then I'm, I do then project that onto other people. Which then again is just an example of actually how your thoughts have changed in actually a more adaptive way. Yeah. So your thought was perhaps, you know, everyone can be trusted at face value. Yeah. Or I have a perfect read on people. Yeah. Not that, you know, we're consciously aware of having these thoughts, but it's these underlying presuppositions that we, you know, base our be- our behaviors on. Or like, that will never happen to me. Yeah. And then suddenly, I mean, your thought now is probably something more like um, the hard questions need to be asked Yep. to ensure that things are out and to make sure that trust is actually, has a strong foundation. Yes, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. I'm all about the hard questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that's really that's really interesting I like that a lot so those are so, I think kind so of like those two of the moods, more obvious ones those mood your your mood will change frequently frequently mm-hmm. yes and then especially like I mean immediately after you experience something traumatic those moods change within minutes sometimes they can I mean a lot of people they might you know immediately go to shock or immediately go towards anger or whatever else yeah. but there's going to be a change in, in your mood and for every yeah. person based on who they are what their history is as, as well as what the current offense is totally those changes might last short term long term whatever yeah high highs and low lows yes and that can go on for like a long time mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that's kind of I think some of the more obvious ones um, some other kind of common responses is that you oftentimes re-experience what happened. Relive it. Not that you want to. So, I mean, I think that sometimes people, you know, crappy things happen and they almost like conjure up wanting to replay it over and over again. And I think for different people, it can have a different function. Hmm. For some, it might be, if I can replay it over and over again, then maybe I can go back and change it in a way. Like thinking that that you have control on, on the past. For others, I think, you know, it's almost a more, like, punishing version of I'm just mm. going to play it o- over and over. But what I'm actually talking about is actually when you're not wanting it to play over and yeah. over, but it just keeps on doing it. You're like, gosh, I just want to get rid of this memory and I can't. And then the more you think about and want to get rid of it, the mm-hmm. more it plays in your mind. So, I, I mean, I think of this like a car crash and we can use any of these like responses to like a bad car crash if I'm in it like say I get in this bad crash and you know like my car is totaled maybe I'm beat up or maybe I'm I'm not but maybe a week later you know if I just even kind of think about my car or maybe if I'm getting in my new car that next day you're reliving that experience I'm reliving that and like it brings up those same feelings totally and it's just like this terrible feeling or if you see a car that, like, you know, there's there are those things that remind you of that, and then yes. you relive it. Like from like, yeah, I had totally experienced that too. And I and I would be laying in bed and just like thinking about thinking about it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those scenarios would run through my head. I kind of think of this one as like that really terrible song that you hate, but <laughs> it's like an earworm, and you can't get it out you of your mind. It. It's yeah. kind of like that. 
Um, and a lot of people just talk about feeling like out of control. They wish that they could turn mm. it off or get rid of it, but they can't. Mm. Um, and really, I mean, it's, it can sometimes be adaptive, you know, it's like your brain trying to work things through. Yeah. Um, but for some folks it lasts for a lot longer. And then the question is like, what are you doing with it? You know, is, is playing this over and over and over yeah. again in your mind, what's the function that that's kind of serving for you? So what, what would you say to somebody that, that is going through that? Like if they cannot shut it off, go to therapy. Okay. And talk <laughs> through it with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I say that because again, we're talking about right now, what are really common symptoms that's going to pop yeah. up for pretty much anybody. So yeah. anyone who's in a car crash or, you know, something or a, a divorce or yeah. whatever type of pain is going to have these symptoms and they're all very normal and very adaptive. Yeah. They're going to happen to pretty much everybody. Okay. It only really becomes a problem is if they last a long time. Yep. And if, and if it's not something that you can, yeah, if you can, if you can't get over something, if you, if you can't you feel resolve like you're, it, like you're still just at that, at that brick wall, like mm-hmm. unable to get through it. Yeah. And Again, Ellie and I say this in every podcast that we do together. It's better to go in sooner than later if you're realizing that you can't oh, get through it by yourself. Yes. And it's the good so thing important. about doing it sooner than later is that, you know, I think of a lot of these, you know, symptoms or thoughts or moods or these changes like we're talking about as almost like ruts in a road. So like if you're hmm. on a really, really muddy road and there's a bunch of like, yeah. you know, vehicles on it, there's going to quickly be like really deep ruts and it's hard to yeah. get out of those ruts. And I think that for some of these things, if they're not, you know, starting to naturally kind of resolve themselves, then it's like, go in. Go in, yeah. Um, Because they can help you to get out of those ruts quicker. Mm -hmm. Or if you even go in soon enough, like, not even really get stuck in those ruts at the beginning. Yeah. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Like, that's what we're supposed to do. And sometimes when we go through those traumatic things, we need someone else to walk with us through that. Yeah, A professional who's going to be able to see objectively. Because yeah. we're not seeing it, right? It's like we have blinders on at, at this yeah. point. Like we're focused on healing. Like we can't. Totally. Yeah. Or even after after a traumatic experience, like we're focused on surviving. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, uh-huh. like when we go through those hard things, I mean, I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move. Yeah. You know, I was like, I mean, I my life was not in danger per se, but mm-hmm. I was like, I felt like I was fighting for my life. Yeah, it was because, like comatose. Yeah, everything was everything was taken away. So like having someone else to to come in to that with me was so important. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's huge. So what else? Um, what are other some other, some other common things? reactions? Well, one is that it's pretty common to have some physiological changes. Cool. So say that we're talking about you know like Ellie, you just brought up basically triggers mm-hmm. you know so things that we experience or that we see or feel whatever like places and maybe part of the effect of going to the t- or going to those places or seeing those things is that we re-experience what happened yes and it could be that our body responds as a result mm-hmm. so suddenly it's like gosh why is my heart beating so fast why am i having a panic attack why am i having a panic attack <laughs> why is my breath short why am I suddenly sweaty? Why have I started stuttering? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Why? Yeah. I mean, all of these Why do different... I need to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Like Why do these... I feel nauseous? <laughs> like all of those things. These yeah. bodily changes, which um, are just super common, right? Yeah. And those are all even emotions that I, or not not just emotions, but all like 
like bodily reactions that I would have to reclaim something. Yes. Like fear, the fear of stepping back into a restaurant was like a physical fear too. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's a scary thing to step back into something to, to reclaim an area. That fear is all mm-hmm. over the place. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because again, that's good to know that that's normal. (laughs) And all these things that we are talking about are really related, right? So if we're thinking about the fact that your thoughts and mood have changed, part of the reason Mm -hmm. why you say going back in that restaurant was so difficult is because your brain is telling you something about that experience, about what it's going to be like, about what feelings Mm -hmm. you might feel. It's all like future oriented. Like, yeah, it's true. If I step back in there, it's going to be, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. 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 And so then our body starts to respond. And sometimes it can go even the opposite way where our body is just so used to being in this kind of hyper arousal state Mm. that then it's almost like used to freaking out in a way. Yeah. And then our thoughts are like, oh, I got to make sense of my heart beating so fast. And so then our thoughts start becoming more anxious. Yeah. And it's this terrible cycle. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if I were to use a a totally different one than divorce, like say, again, the car crash. Yeah. It makes sense that if I were, you know, like the, the next week to go and get in a car and I hop on the freeway, in all likelihood, I'm going to be a little bit sweaty yeah. and my heart rate's going to be going faster yep. as I, again, approach something that is freaking me out. Totally. You're, you're stepping back into something that's scary because it's hurt you before. <laughs> yes. I think that one of the other kind of key areas is avoidance. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is the one that fits the best. Yeah. Or not like the best, but the most clearly with what the reclaimed community does. Yeah. Um, is that we just start to avoid all sorts of things. Yeah. We avoid thoughts. Um, mm. We avoid memories. We avoid our own feelings. We avoid places. We avoid and people. S- people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and avoidance is wonderful because it works. Hmm. Um, because if we avoid, you know, say that restaurant, then we don't have to, you know, have that uncomfortable feeling. And yeah. we don't have to have a panic attack or have our heart rate go up or get yeah. uncomfortably sweaty. But that's also avoiding your feelings. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, by so avoiding it's a, a place, place it, so it's also avoidance avoiding, is the, avoiding everything. Yeah. If we avoid a place, yeah, it's, yeah, it's we're close. avoiding like a yeah, chain yeah. of different things. And it works because in the moment it makes mm-hmm. us feel great. Or rather, it doesn't make us feel worse. And we all right. and we already feel bad. So who would want to feel worse when they feel bad? <laughs> no one. But the question... Or I'm starting to feel better. So why so would I go, why back, would I go back to do that and then, f- and then have all those emotions come back up again? Yes. That's what I hear most from people. Uh-huh. Where they're like, oh, I'm already feeling better. I'm moving on. So why would I, why would I go back to that thing and then unearth the work that I've done? And what's your answer, Ellie? Okay, so so my definition of reclaiming is identifying a fearful or internal reaction to a place or thing that holds a memory and choosing to face it head on to create a new and positive association. So if somebody is has a fearful reaction to a place or thing, I say, okay, that that probably means that there needs to be healing there because there's pain that's associated with a thing. So, And what if people say, I'm just going to play the devil's totally, advocate do it. here. I don't care. I don't care if... I never go back in that restaurant again yeah. or I never listen to that song again. That's fine with me. Then I say, well, that that's fine. You don't have to. Um, but God doesn't want you to live in fear. 
and he doesn't want you to I believe I believe he wants healing in every aspect of our life Mm -hmm. and if there is a thing that we can do he's asking us to reach out for that healing in a place in a thing with our bodies that you know it's just like our salvation it's been extended to us we have to choose it Mm -hmm. and and so that that's what I that's what I say to people like that freedom is already extended. That healing is already extended. And by stepping back into it, you're saying, you're saying, okay, I'm not allowing what has happened to me to take anything else from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowing what's happened to me or, you know, the, the car crash experience. Like, I don't want that to take anything else from me. So I'm choosing to step back in mm-hmm. and, um, and take control over it. Yep. That's that's usually what I say to people, and it and some people don't want to do that, and that's so fine. I'm not. For, I don't want to force anybody to do anything. I have yet to meet somebody who has also made a spreadsheet of places. <laughs> if you have, reach out to me because I'd love <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> but I, yeah, probably my response to that. I like your response. Probably my response because I'm a little bit more irreverent. Okay, would be something <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. Um, But what I'm going to ask you to do or encourage you to do is write down absolutely everything that you are avoiding. Hmm. Feelings, places, whatever. Just because I want you to know and recognize and be fine with never touching those things again. And that was my that was my spreadsheet. Because yeah, because my job is not to, you know, force you towards that because this is, is your choice. But I want you to have the informed consent of what you're limiting yes, yourself to. Yeah. Because what happens is that when we experience trauma and start avoiding things, or not even trauma, just drama, it's <laughs> drama. like we have tunnel vision. And typically what happens mm-hmm. if we continue to avoid things is that all of these things get worse. So if the tunnel yeah. vision maybe starts out, you know, smaller than like what it was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. As we avoid, it kind of creeps in more and more and more and more and more until we're avoiding all sorts of things. Um, So, I mean, I think it's, you know, fair, informed consent to be like, let's just get on the table what you are choosing to cut out from your life. Yeah. And then just do a little bit of an an exploration on each of these things. So what does it mean if your plan is to forever, from now on, avoid the feeling of sadness? Because I get you. Who wants to really feel sadness? I don't want to I don't want to be sad but what is that going to mean for you mm-hmm. down the road that that feeling goes somewhere right like it has to go somewhere it has to come out somewhere you're just sweeping it under the rug yeah feelings don't just disappear feelings do not they just they just don't neither do restaurants or memories mm-hmm. you know I mean but there at times we we can forget memories like we can we can do that but but by avoiding them they do become bigger they absolutely do we give them more power because suddenly they are actually what's controlling us because they are calling the shots on what we can and cannot do. We're basically I mean, the I slave don't wanna, yeah. and they are the whip. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really dramatic, but practically but it, but that it really, is what's happening. Yeah, it really can be that way. Um, so let's say you're a, a friend gets in a car crash. We'll use that, exam- that example. How would you help them experience and, and process that trauma? I mean, I think, again, for me, it's always interesting because... Obviously, I'm still in friendships and my 
job and my training to get to my job influences thus how I am a friend. Yes. So yeah. I would start out with the caveat of um, I'm not your therapist, but <laughs> go get to, go get a therapist. <laughs> but I mean, I think just being a good friend is, you know, encouraging your friends towards doing the things that are going to help them, even if they are the hard things. Yeah. So, of course, I would, you know, be validating the crap out of how difficult things are. If yeah. indeed things are are difficult, I'm not going to assume that things are. Yeah. And I'm going to be encouraging to get back on the horse. Yeah. So, I mean, I even think about this for me here. Like, a few months back, I was out surfing one day, and this really gnarly wave just, like, sucked me under. Okay. And I did not get a big enough breath beforehand. So, like, this wind into this wave was pinning me down in the ocean and I was kind of like starting to freak out which if you're surfing and you're being pinned under like the worst thing to do is basically freak out yeah (laughs) but since then I've noticed that like even today and so Ellie and I could have gone surfing Mm -hmm. but I was like "Eh, it's kind of late blah 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 Mm -hmm. granted I'm going to face my fear and go again tomorrow and I have gone since but I have this greater hesitation towards doing it interesting yeah so my husband in all of his pushy glory has been (laughs) encouraging me over and over and over again to go surfing with him yeah um however I think that you know if I did have a friend in this situation I would be like let's just go take a quick trip to our coffee shop you know like taking the back streets yeah and then we'll go and do this next thing and so it's not like oh let's go and you know charge 30 foot waves no no (laughs) instead like I'm gonna go baby steps really a small wave and try it out there and see if I get owned and if I don't then maybe I'll get some confidence and go out more yeah the 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 baby steps like and if you're on a reclaiming journey do the things that don't seem the hardest at the beginning yeah it's you know I mean if you go and do the hardest thing first you're setting yourself up for failure Oh, a hundred percent. Because all those, all those other things that we talked about, like your thoughts and your mood and your way that your body's responding are going to just be extremely strong yeah. and good luck managing that. I mean, you're, I mean, it's just like, it's going to be, it's so running a marathon hard. without training. It's just stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> or it's, you know, getting on 30 foot waves without knowing how to surf or something. Also stupid. Yeah, also very stupid. <laughs> um, but then also, I mean, I love what you said about just validating the feelings, not not um, suggesting feelings, mm-hmm. but just validating what they're experiencing. Yeah. I think that that's so important to say like, yeah, this does suck. Like, this is really hard. And I think that validation is not only seeing the emotion, but also what makes it more powerful, what makes it more powerful, excuse me, is seeing it as well as communicating in some way that it makes sense. Okay, say more about that. It's like, and so instead of just being like, oh gosh, like that was just super crappy. It might be more like, I can see like how stressed you are driving now. And I think Mm. that totally makes sense. I mean, gosh, like you just got in this terrible crash like last week. Or if I were to use the example of me surfing, (laughs) because maybe it would help if my husband did this. Um, (laughs) Am I holding him accountable to this? No. Um, Would be something like, gosh, I know that it's really hard for you to get out in the water because of how anxious it made you when you couldn't breathe. And I think that makes sense. I mean, how how terrifying to be pinned underwater and not knowing yeah. when the wave is going to let up and let you back up. Yeah. 
And I think that the purpose for not just validating what the feeling is, but saying that it it makes sense is because so many people feel like their feelings don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I think our culture is really fantastic at communicating to folks that they shouldn't have those feelings or that they should get over those feelings. And so to give that added level of like, oh yeah, of course, duh. You're, 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 you're drawing the connection between uh-huh. their feeling and then what's also happened to them. Mm-hmm. It's a very non-judgmental yeah. stance. That's really good. I like that. Me too. You've done that before to me. You have. I think I naturally do that. I, think, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but then also to just like to be with them, I would say, too, in, in this stuff that's normal. Like mm-hmm. all of these things that you're saying that the, the mood is going to change, their thought life is going to change, like – those things are normal Mm -hmm. avoidance is normal and and being present with whoever is in front of you I guess with that but then also if you're going through it know that it's normal like exactly it's crappy Mm -hmm. and you're not crazy yeah and I think that that is what typically happens is that folks think you know maybe these feelings are normal for a while or these reactions are normal for a while yeah. and then they should go away and when they don't then they start to feel like they're crazy and granted i mean if they really aren't going away for a, a long time then yeah like go and, and get some help yeah um or sooner if you're wanting to do that by all means <laughs> um yeah i mean i guess that the point of even talking about this is to be like yeah like this is very typical frankly if you don't have these reactions to yeah especially the big catastrophic things that happen in people's life but even at least some of these to just really crappy things that happen. Yeah. Like this is part of what makes us human and it's actually very functional. So if you think mm. about all these different symptoms, the function of them is to try and protect you in the future. So yeah. our, our mind wants to change our, our thoughts because it's like, well, that didn't work very well. Right. How because can my, I... my past experience <laughs> says this and yeah. this is what happened how can I logically yeah <laughs> make some changes to keep this from happening again um yeah fear is an important ex- experience yes. like we need to have fear we need to because it keeps us alive <laughs> it like if there's it helps a, us to learn lessons a hundred percent a hundred percent but we can't let those things rule the day mm-hmm. for too long it's a difference between letting these things teach us and letting these things own and control us. Yeah, that's really good. One other thought I had is that I think that another common reaction, and this kind of fits in the change in your thoughts, is that, as well as maybe some feelings that mm. change, is that resentment kicks in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and I think that the most like succinct way to say this, and I'm quoting somebody and I don't know who, resentment is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's, it's real. Doesn't resentment, work. resentment from the person that hurt you and then from even other people and letting yeah. that bleed into the rest of your life. And yeah, if we're not careful, if we're not careful to just surrender to God and surrender what has happened to us, that thing will kill us and it will only hold you back. Yeah. Because like actually resentment, I love that you included this because resentment is also, it's, it's avoidance of surrender mm-hmm. and it's not actually giving everything over to the Lord and it's not, it's not allowing healing in every area and he has already extended healing in every area. He's already extended healing to you, listener, to me, to Kristen. And we, it's our job to receive that 
to say like, yeah, I'm going to walk in it now. Yeah, that's everything. Just know that you're not alone. I say that all the time on this podcast. You're not alone. And um, and getting with a community, people who can speak truth into you, speak love into you, find a therapist, obviously. I sound like a broken record. What you've gone through is hard and it's not okay. But those things happen and you're going to be okay. That's just what I want to share to you listeners thank you so much for doing this but of course we're going to um continue this fun weekend of hanging out in um in honolulu and um you know maybe go to waikiki and drink some mai tais drink some mai tais hit the waves (laughs) hit the waves i've been doing that already like it's been it's been so great and we're gonna face your fear let's do it yeah we're gonna go surfing tomorrow so hopefully i don't get destroyed by a wave well and you know what you're you're going to face a fear yes you're gonna be okay yes I will and they're not gonna be too big because I'm gonna be with you (laughs) (laughs) and that is helpful (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much listeners you guys are the best the best listeners ever if you like this podcast please subscribe and rate it on iTunes and um yeah do all the things that you need to do share it with a friend because you never know who's going through something tough um, if you know of somebody that's going through a traumatic experience and and maybe needs to just the validation to know that they're not crazy, share this episode with them. That would bless me a lot, and I hope that it will bless that person you share it with. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. If you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed Podcast financially, you can do so on my Patreon page. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope. And we'll see you next week.